It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. I'm your host, Nikki Cannon. I'm here with my co-host, Brian Griffin, and we have a great show for you guys today. We want to start off the new year by focusing on new beginnings. So joining us today, we have for the first half of our show, Joyce Warner. She is the new executive director of the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund. And she's going to talk a little bit about the new vision for FIA and some of the programs that they have. Uh, And in the second half of our show, we're going to be joined by Meg Byram. She's a DC entrepreneur and artist, and also Dr. Steve Grafe. He's a psychologist at Ohio State University, Wexner Medical Center, and mental toughness expert. And they're going to discuss New Year's resolutions, how to keep them, and how to kick some of those bad habits. So good morning, Joyce. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Joyce, I just want to start off a little bit, uh, give you an opportunity. You're new to uh, the executive director position at FIA. So can you give us a little bit of background? Tell us a little bit about yourself. How and why did, did, did you come to FIA? Sure. So I started at FIA in October of last year, 2016. Um, I'm originally from New York, and I came down to D.C. about 20 years ago, and I spent my whole career working in nonprofits. And I'm really interested in the intersection between how nonprofits can be run effectively so they can reach the most people possible, the most people in need. Um, And most of my work has been working with nonprofits that work internationally. So I've worked a lot with colleagues from the State Department and USAID. And over the last few years, I've been doing a lot of volunteer work on domestic issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually chair a school board, uh, charter school board here in D.C., And one of the things uh, that happened was I was approached by the search firm that was looking for a new executive director for FIA. And they started telling me about FIA and what FIA does. And I was hooked. The mission (laughs) of FIA to help feds, to help people in emergencies and to really improve educational access really spoke to me. And personally, my dad was a technician at Brookhaven National Lab almost his entire life. And uh, they had a nonprofit that worked with Brookhaven and the other national labs to give scholarships to kids who, for the employees there. And I got one of those. And I can say personally that really college would have been a big lift for my family if that opportunity hadn't given. So when I learned that FIA had almost the same programs, it was just, you know, wonderful and a great opportunity. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you're, you're talking about some of the some of the programs and the educational opportunity. And I know FIA does offer um, a program that's that's looking to make um, higher education more accessible for families in the federal community. And it's just, it's just, you know, across the board, such an important, such an important issue. So can you tell us a little bit about what FIA is doing for the federal community on that front? Sure. 
Sophia, almost from its beginning, has had a merit-based scholarship program. Um, and that program is open to the children of federal employees, to federal employees themselves, and to their spouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, each year, we give about two to 300 scholarships. They range from $1,000 to $5,000. Wow. Um, actually, that's up. Last year, the, uh, the minimum was $500, so we've upped the minimum to 1000 this year. And the application for this year's scholarship program actually just opened. So you can access it on our website, www.feea.org. It's all online. It's all electronic. Um, and the deadline is March 27th. So there's some time for people to, to apply. That is fantastic. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks, you know, you got a lot, you're talking a lot about uh, folks who, who are, are trying to continue with higher education, some of the folks who, whose children are, are benefiting from this, you know, but there's also, you know, folks who want to go back in, into the higher education sphere and have children. And, you know, there's the, the child care component of this. And FIA is also, also helping with that. Is that correct? Yeah. And on a couple of those fronts. So we have, um, we have, someone who won this past year for the scholarship side, who's a federal employee at the VA in Connecticut, going back to graduate school to get their healthcare administration degree. Um, we have a, a student here in the Maryland area who's from there. Her p- parents are at the Department of Energy. Uh, neither parent went to college. And this is a first-generation student that's going to major in electrical engineering right now. So we really have a full breadth. And we have students from all across the United States in every subject imaginable. Um, but to answer your child care question, yeah, this is an interesting thing that FIA does. FIA has since about, I think it's around 2001, when Congress authorized uh, a benefit for agencies that wanted to offer it for the lowest income federal employees to access child care. Um, child care being such an, a high expense in so many of the areas where our federal centers are. And since that time, FIA's worked with just a tremendous number of individuals. In fact, in, in 2016, we worked with 600 families to access those subsidies from 20 agencies and about 800 children, about a million and a half dollars in subsidies wow. were paid out by FIA. Actually, we have a partner, a subsidiary that runs the program on a day-to-day basis. Wow. And I remember reading two years ago in the Washington Post, um, they said that child care in the D.C. area is three times as much as public co- college tuition in the area. So you can just imagine if you are a single mom and you're working and you're trying to, you don't make a lot and you're trying to put your kid in childcare, how that, a scholarship from FIA would just be life-changing almost. For sure. And I know that some of the parents have said to us that, you know, this is the first time they've been able to put their child in a licensed daycare center. And you really want people to be able to have solid childcare for their children every day, to not be worrying while they're at work. that maybe their child's not in a safe environment. Another person just contacted us really recently on Facebook and said, you know, now's the first time I can have my preschooler not just with a babysitter, but within a program where they can get some educational elements in preschool. So that really makes us feel great. Yeah, I was going to say, that's got to just be fantastic to to actually hear from folks that you're helping and that, you know, just just hearing that you're making this difference and that you're able to, to reach out and touch people that, you know, you've obviously been working with for a significant amount of time. You know, you said you've worked with folks from the State Department throughout your your career. So it's got to be great to have the to get to to hear from those folks. Definitely. Um, you know, and another part of our scholarships that many folks know us for is um, FIA has been very involved with the children whose parents 
died in a terrorist attack in the Mm. line of duty. And there are about 200 children that their parents uh, passed either during the Oklahoma City bombing, on 9-11, or in one of the attacks on the diplomatic facilities, the embassies uh, in Tanzania or Kenya, uh, in Benghazi. And so FIA has worked with about 200 of those children. And I say are working with those children because there are children who were in utero when a parent, a father passed away, um, or they were infants when they lost a parent. So there are children that we are working with from Oklahoma City and 9-11 and the embassy attacks today. Um, And is that a full scholarship for those kids? Yes. In most cases, uh, each program is a little bit different based on how the funding was raised. But in most cases, we're working uh, to try to get them a full scholarship. Either FIA is paying the whole ride or we're partnering with a couple Mm -hmm. of groups to piece it all together. Um, You know, and and on 9-11 specifically, I would say that uh, the first response FIA had was to set up shop in the Family Assistance Center that the Pentagon set up. So FIA was working right alongside the pe- uh, the Pentagon Family Assistance folks. And one of my colleagues, Robin, who's still with FIA, she was there every day helping folks get family members to town, help with funeral arrangements, help people deal with their bills. I mean, they just, it was such a horrible, horrible event, and folks were just really struggling. After about a month of helping people with their most urgent needs, our board decided to transition and think about the children Um, and to set aside funding that they had raised. And we had many generous donors at the time, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, Nike, who came forward along with a lot of individuals to allow us to put together a fund to support all those kids. Yeah, you know, it's really, it's, it, it really is a good way, I think, to kick off the new year is to hear these stories about, you know, folks helping each other out and really coming together as a community within the federal community. Um, so we appreciate you you coming on and, and speaking with us about that. And we want to hear more from you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, and we'll continue this discussion after a word from our sponsor. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Today, we are featuring a discussion about New Year's resolutions. And first off, we are talking to the new executive director of FIA, Joyce Warner. Thank you so much again for being with us today, Joyce. Um, we talked a lot in the first part of the show about uh, some of the educational and, and child care opportunities that FIA is, is giving to the federal community. But I know that you guys have, have um, some some programs that you do on disaster relief and, and some emergency loans programs. And, you know, those it's it's just becoming such a, a, a norm at this point. You know, I'm a West Virginia native, and I know you guys did some work there mm-hmm. following the flood. Um, and I just want to give you guys an opportunity. I really want to uh, highlight some of the work that you've done there. So can you tell us about those programs? A sure. Sophia has been involved in disaster relief for, for a really long time, and we're really looking at federal families where their home was completely destroyed or left largely uh, uninhabitable with the result of a major natural disaster. Mm-hmm. And so 
we give grants to help offset some of the really extensive repairs that are needed so folks can get back in their home or to help offset the fact that they have to live somewhere else for a short period of time Mm -hmm. for the repairs during evacuations. And, you know, I can tell you the story of a woman. um, She's an OSHA employee, and her house was severely destroyed from um, a hurricane, I think. And in that, you know, her and her son, they lost their roof. They lost all their floors. And then the house was overtaken by mold. And so, oh you know, gosh. we helped them out. And could you imagine, here she is, she's going to work every day for OSHA, trying to help yeah. make sure people have a safe place to work. And she can't come home to a safe place to live. And that's something that we don't want to see happen. Um, you know, Hurricane Matthew this year, there was a lot of damage. Uh, and Fia's been working with folks to kind of help get them back, you know, into their homes safely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a lot to think about when you have... When, when these things hit and, you know, you have to get up and go to work still the next day, you know, it's it's fantastic to have you guys coming in and providing an opportunity to kind of get back on your feet a little bit. Because, you know, these are folks who are who are coming and continuing to serve, even though they they have their own uh, issue that they have to deal with. But they're continuing to serve on behalf of the American public. And it's just a fantastic uh show that you guys can come in and just give them a little bit of help while they're continuing to, to do the good work for this country. And, you know, the other program we have for emergencies, and and this has also been around a very long time, is that we have an emergency loan program. This is a program that offers no interest, no fee, confidential loans. And in FIA's 30-year history, we actually just celebrated our 30th anniversary uh, last year in 2016. Thank you. Um, We've given 12,000 loans. And in this last calendar year, we gave 850 loans. Um, to individuals totaling $700,000. And really what the loans are for are for folks who have this unexpected tragedy that is, you know, going to derail them financially, Mm -hmm. right? And they pay it back to us through a payroll allotment every month. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually we give them about a year to pay it back, and that works for most folks. And, you know, you've probably seen it takes – it's not a large expense that can derail someone. So about a half a million federal employees make under $50,000 a year. That's not including the Postal Service. If you think about, you know, someone who's a military aircraft mechanic or a Customs and Border Patrol agent or a mine safety inspector, and they are the primary breadwinner in their family, and they have a sick child all of a sudden, they have a fire in their home, you know, they're faced with some really horrible financial choices they have to make. Do you not pay your rent? Do you not pay your utilities? Do you risk eviction? Do you go down a path of high credit card cash advances with huge interest rates, or do you look at a payday loan? These are things that are going to create a cycle of debt for people, and we at FIA don't want that. We want people who have faced this horrible tragedy. It's no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. They're living paycheck to paycheck. They're serving the American people every day. We don't want one month's rent to cause someone to go into a financial downward spiral or bankruptcy. And that has really been at the core of our work for many, many years. And I can I can give you a couple of examples. You know, um, we have someone who is a victim of domestic violence. Her agency offered to relocate her, but not to pay any relocation, just to let mm. her do that job in a different state. Oh, no. And um, she came to us, and we were able to give her a loan that she paid back over a year to help relocate, to get to a new safe space for her and her children. Um, we have someone who's a child, a park service employee, child had to have an organ transplant. 
have to take some time off for that, you know, runs out of leave, comes back to work, but is now really behind on their bills. This is an area where we were able to give them so they can catch up because we want people to be able to catch up, get on a good financial path without derailing themselves. Yeah. And, you know, those are examples that, you know, I don't think we we often think about. You know, these aren't things that uh, that that come up as often as, you know, maybe we, we do see a little bit more with, you know, having to, to rebuild a little bit or having to, to come back from from, you know, a, a, a flood or a hurricane. But there are these situations that individuals face that are ones that maybe don't get as much attention. And I'm so glad that you that you came in with those examples, because it's just imperative that we when we think about things that we factor in those individuals and the hardships, the financial hardships in particular that come with having to, to make these moves or having to take the time off to take, to care for your child who's, who's had to have a major uh, surgery. So it's, it's just wonderful to hear that you guys are so involved and that you're collecting these stories and, and able to talk more about it and to tell people, you know, why this is such a valuable program and why this is, is so imperative at this point. Yeah, and I think, you know, we really couldn't do it without the generous support that we get. And so really our motto at FIA is Feds Helping Feds. Mm -hmm. Um, We have well over a 1,000 people that give to us directly every year. We are a huge participant in the uh, annual CFC, and our CFC number is 11185. That was the first number I learned when I came to FIA. (laughs) I've been taught that that's a very important number. And so if you consider just thousands of people who are supporting other feds. And I had an opportunity over the holidays, I've been in touch with a number of folks who've been supporting us for a long time. And I say, you know, why do you give to FIA? And um, some of them told me they heard about us on federal news radio, which was great. Oh, wow. That's um, fantastic. Some of them, maybe we helped them. And years later, they're like, I'm now in a position to help. Wow. Um, I wasn't when you helped me, but now I give back. And some say, you know, I don't need the help. But I know that my colleagues do and I or, or around the whole Fed and I want to be there to support them. So we really appreciate that. And, you know, we are a 501c3. All donations to FIA are tax deductible. Um, we have you can give online at www.feea.org forward slash give. It's you can give right on your iPhone um, <laughs> and it's a mobile friendly site. And we have a, a four-star rating from Charity Navigator. And if your listeners are not familiar with Charity Navigator, this is an independent nonprofit that rates nonprofits. They rate about 8,000 nonprofits each year. Um, they look at their financials. They look at how transparent they are as an organization. And I'm really proud to say that FIA has a four-star rating. That's their highest rating that they give. Um, and it says that we exceed industry standards and outperform most charities in our cause area. So that's something we're really proud of. And we are, we're le- we're small. FIA only has six employees. Um, I say that we're lean and approachable. We're not lean and mean. Um, and we, you know, this last year in 2016, we worked with 2,000 families, six people. So wow. we really are trying to stretch every dollar that's given to us. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that in addition to all the individuals that contribute, we get a tremendous amount of support from a number of the unions, um, NTU, AFGE, NEFI, um, many of the associations, the federal associations. So uh, 
things like FMA and blacks in government and federally employed women. Um, NARF is a huge partner. WebVars also, Mm -hmm. uh, the National Association of Active and Retired Federal Employees. NARF actually has some special programs that support some of their retiree members. So both for disaster relief and scholarships, we have special programs with them so some of the federal retirees can access programming. And uh, we've also had a lot of support from businesses, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Geico, long-term care, and a whole host. And I invite folks to look at our website to see who's supporting us. And we're always looking for new relationships, people who care about feds and want to support feds. And for people listening, um, you guys host every spring a 5K. So if they kind of want to get their feet wet and figure out a little bit more (laughs) about what FIA does, they can come out to the 5K and meet you all there. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So we do a chair. We are the official charity of Public Service Week 5K. It's each spring. Um, I'll be a little... KG about the location only because we're waiting for the official permits to come back. <laughs> and so if you if you visit our website or you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, as soon as we have the exact location, we will um, be advertising that. And what this 5K does, first of all, I should say sometimes people like me hear 5K and they say, I don't run. Aha, <laughs> but this is actually a walk and a run. So we have teams that walk and we have teams that run. And you can bring your baby with your baby stroller. And you can bring your baby with your baby stroller and your dog friendly. and all yeah. that. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, And one thing that we started last year, but we're going to be doing more of is virtual teams. So if you're outside of the D.C. metro area, um, then you can actually organize teams wherever you are, federal employees, and we'll send you a kit. Um, So your team will register and we'll send you the shirts and the other things and so that you can uh, get out and walk in support of feds. And that's uh, something that's really important to us. And a lot a lot of our business sponsors come out and support that also. My favorite part is getting the shirt. I'm I'm one of those people also like who's not the runner, but I'm like okay. I'm all in on that on that t-shirt. Right I'm going to take special care to pick the shirt out this year. <laughs> okay, I'm trusting Nikki. you with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I want to thank you so much, Joyce, for for being with us today. Is there anything else you know? Is there anything else we should know that FIA is is working on? You know, you do have the 5K coming up. Anything else that we should be on the lookout for? Sure. I mean, I think there's three areas that, you know, when I look ahead this year that FIA is, we're really going to be trying to expand. One is we want to make sure that all feds across the U.S., and I will say the territories and those stationed overseas, um, that they know about FIA, um, both to access our programs, but also to find ways to work with us, to support us, to volunteer. Um, that's a goal of ours to make sure make our brand. We're the best little charity some people haven't heard of yet. And every time I talk to somebody, they're like, I had no idea this is the greatest charity. Um, and so my goal is to make sure more people know about us. Um, we're also looking to engage our uh, engage folks more. And what I mean by that is we have about 200 volunteers each year that work with us at FIA. And I think, as you know, the the president has uh, set up, is setting up a way for folks to volunteer via the CFC this coming year. And we know that the trend is that more and more people want to marry their philanthropic giving with their volunteer work. And mm-hmm. we want to support that. So uh, we are looking at ways to expand volunteer engagement, you know, at very early stages. There's so many uh, feds out there who want to give back, and there's so many young people we support through our scholarships, and people need mentors, and we're trying to think about that. So we're looking ahead. Um, and then the next area is in all the four areas we work in, 
we want to be able to support people even more holistically. So, for example, um, you know, if we're helping you after the disaster, we want to make sure we're, sh- we're directing you towards resources in advance to prepare for a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're struggling financially, we want to be able to steer you to resources that can access, you can help with budgeting or other challenges. So we're looking at all of our programs and how we can round them out and provide more support for pets. It sounds like you guys have a great 20, or 2017, I'm still stuck in 2016, 2017 planned out. Um, thank you again, Joyce, so much. Uh, can you tell us one more time, where can we go to donate? To www.feafea.org forward slash give. And CFC number? 11185. (laughs) (laughs) And we look forward to hearing more from what uh, FIA is getting into in the future. But we are going to take a quick break now. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the new year, some New Year's resolutions, and how to kick a bad habit. You are listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. If you're a federal law enforcement officer, then you know to do your job, you tap inside sources. To have a voice on policy and legislation, you join FLIOA. And when you want federal law enforcement officer news and up-to-date federal court decisions, you read FedAgent.com. If you aren't reading FedAgent.com, subscribe today. It's free. Don't let this source pass you by. I'm John Adler, president of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, and I approve this message. And welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm Brione, and I'm hosting here today with Nikki Cannon. Um, And for this second half of the show, we're going to pivot a little bit. And um, we've invited Meg Byram, a local D.C. entrepreneur and artist. Um, Many of you have likely heard of her from her blog, MegByram.com, which she's had for about nine years. Um, And so we're going to talk to her about her um, New Year's resolutions. And she just recently penned a post about her 2017 goals. Um, In addition, we've also invited Dr. Steve Grafe, a psychologist at OSU and a mental toughness expert, to talk to us about the psychology behind resolutions and why they fail and why they succeed. And then also a few tools that we all can use to kick our bad habits. So I'm going to start off um, talking to Meg. Can you tell us a little bit more about your blog um, and some of your goals for 2017? Sure. Yeah, I um, started my blog back in 2007 when blogs weren't cool yet. (laughs) No one really had one at the time, which was great for my growth. Um, When I moved to D.C. about three years later, I quit my job at Hallmark Cards headquarters. I was directing photo shoots and designing there, not cards. Everybody asks me. I didn't design cards. Um, But I moved to D.C. and I was uh, with my husband and I was trying to, you know, I was thinking about, you know, getting a job, but I was like, I really want to try out this blog thing. And I ended up, you know, making it work. And that's kind of what started my entrepreneurial career. And um, my blog now is 
a little bit over nine years this year. I'll celebrate 10 years, which is kind of crazy in the blog world. There's not that many of us who were that old. Um, Mm. (laughs) And I'm also an artist and I do some other photo shoot work and that sort of thing. Um, And yes, I definitely have New Year's resolutions. I make them every year. I don't care how cliche the word resolution (laughs) is. Um, I think it very um, specifically describes what everybody tries to do. And, you know, it's kind of a fresh start and what's wrong with that. So, yeah, I definitely make resolutions every year and try to stick to them and, um, you know, figure out how I can better myself every single year. Great. Um, And now Steve is joining us on the phone. Are you there, Steve? Absolutely. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is still morning for a little (laughs) bit. Um, So tell us a little bit about what you do, how you got into the field, and then kind of your take on resolutions as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a sport and performance psychologist at The Ohio State University, and I work with the student athletes there. So there's 36 sports, 1,000 plus student athletes. Uh, So myself and two of my rock star colleagues, um, we help out with either the mental aspect of performance, meaning confidence, composure, concentration, being able to leverage that mental piece to perform at our best, uh, but also the reality is that we all struggle from time to time. So just because we're fit athletes doesn't mean that we have it all together. And so being able to go and receive coaching, counseling, therapy from somebody that kind of understands and gets that culture a bit uh, is very important. And then in addition to that, I have a private practice as well that is all online. Uh, So individuals have an opportunity to meet and receive that similar type of coaching and counseling, uh, but from distance using um, basically a a telemedicine type of type of deal. Um, But absolutely, I'm with Meg on the fact of what's wrong with the reset button and what's wrong with kind of changing the relationship that we have with resolutions. And I like to say that really resolutions are just a sexy word for a goal. And we set and achieve goals every single day. Um, If somebody made it to work today, essentially they set and achieved a goal. So, um, so I, I think absolutely these aren't things that we need to make bigger than what they actually are. It's stuff that we're already equipped to do, but being a little bit more deliberate in that process is, is essential. Great. Yeah, we definitely agree. And so we kind of want to turn and talk to you a little bit about um, a lot of people with their resolutions um, kind of want to put bad habits to rest or they say, this is the year I'm done sitting on the couch. I'm going to work up so I can go to the fee of 5K. And um, so you have a program and a few um, tools that people can help to use to help put their bad habits in the past. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important to um, consider the, the aspect of bad habits. And it's really less about breaking a bad habit and actually learning how to create new good habits. And so we want to kind of reframe um, our approach. So rather than breaking this habit, we want to actually just start a new habit. And so um, I put together a little bit of an acronym um, using the, the term PAST. And really, this is not like Steve Grafe original stuff. This is stuff that's coming from psychological research that has been shown to be effective in setting, sustaining, and maintaining goals. Um, And so the PAST acronym really stands for a plan and prepare. So you have to know what it is that you want to accomplish and how to go about doing it. A stands for arranging your environment. So we want to be very deliberate about how do we arrange our our environment. And and there's plenty of examples um, as 
as far as that's concerned, as simple as just placing our cell phone on the other side of our room if we're trying to get up a little bit early. Now, you might go back to bed, but at least it's going to leverage and increase the likelihood that you're going to get up. You're going to get up. You're going to maybe even hit the snooze. But if you have to literally get out of bed to get your phone, uh, it's going to increase the likelihood that you stay up if you're trying to get up a little bit earlier. So arranging your environment. S stands for sticking to one thing. So I know many of us, once 2017 hits, it's the time that I want to learn to salsa dance, sculpt, and become fluent in Portuguese. And the reality is, if we try to chase three different rabbits at the same time, we catch none. So we want to be able to identify what we want to work on, master it, and then move on to the next thing. And then finally, T stands for making it too easy to fail. So once again, we come out of the gates firing in 2017. So I'm going to run 26.2 miles. Well, you might six months from now. Um, but today, let's just start. If you went from couch potato to runner, let's just start with a quarter mile. And then the next day, um, we're going to run that quarter mile, so on and so forth. So you start off knocking over a very small domino, and eventually you're able to knock over a very large domino. So putting those resolutions in the past. That's great. And I think that those are really actionable steps that everybody, it kind of helps break it down. I know sometimes if you have a huge list of things in your head that kind of are swirling around and then it's like, well, if I just write these down and write out the steps to taking them, then that can help me. It doesn't seem like this huge, enormous task. It's like, no, I just follow this plan um, and go from there. And um, I think, Meg, would you like to weigh in on that? Yeah, actually, everything he said, I absolutely agree with. Um, One little tip I have for creating new habits is called habit stacking. It's definitely not an idea that's original to me, but if you're trying to create a new habit, find a habit that you already do really well and just kind of tack it onto that habit, right? So if you're trying to take a multivitamin every day, what do you do every day? You hopefully brush your teeth. (laughs) So put a little cup and your pills right next to your toothbrush every night. There's a sink already there. You can get water. Um, And then stack that habit on top of another one. Um, So it's something I I love the too easy to fail because um, I think I, I heard someone say something about like, you know, making reduce it to the ridiculous. So exactly like if you can't run six miles, you just go run half a mile or if you can't run, just walk it right. Make it something that's completely ridiculous um, and then you can actually do it. So I'm, I'm totally with Steve on everything he said, because I actually do all of that myself <laughs> when I'm trying to reach my own goals. And we want to think about the actual mechanics of what's going on here. So when we start a new habit, essentially what we're doing is we are paving our neural highway. So when we first start something, there really isn't a highway at all. In fact, it's just a forest. But then the first time we do it, we start knocking down some trees. Then we might see a little bit of a path start to emerge. Then we might throw down some asphalt. Then we might pave it, but it's only a single lane highway. And so the more that we do something, even if it's waking up and you want to be more physically fit, so you wake up and you start with one push-up. Well, doing that one push-up is essentially putting down one little layer of concrete on that highway. And eventually, again, it might start off with this real kind of clunky path that you can hardly even distinguish. But the more that you do that, it's just ingraining in the brain, hey, I'm addicted to action. I get up and I take this multivitamin every single day. So then it becomes a lot more automatic, a lot more efficient, and you're flying down the highway at 100 miles an hour um, to crush in your goals. But it starts off real small. 
Yeah, and I love um, making it easy on yourself because, like, why would you make it harder, right? Like, make it easier to reach your goals. Um, this, My husband, he coaches at a CrossFit gym at night because he's just kind of always loved working out and um, enjoys teaching. And so I started going in February of last year, and we literally moved – across the street from the gym, right? So I have <laughs> no zero, excuses. Like, there is no excuse. I could go to any of the like 10 classes they have every day, 6 a.m., 6 p.m., 8 p.m., noon. Like there is nothing. I have zero reason except for being like deathly ill that I could not work out every single day. So I think making it as easy on yourself as possible. Like if working out is a, you know, that's a huge resolution for most people. So make it easy on yourself. Join something that's close to you, that's on your way home from mm-hmm work that's right by your place like I think the easier you make it on yourself I mean I know from example the year before that before we moved right by the gym I never went I would go to this yoga place like you know as much as I could but you know when you're dealing with a city like DC like parking somewhere getting there you never know about the Mm -hmm. traffic like you know you have to leave 30 minutes early just to go two miles so I think you know making it as easy on yourself as possible is always the best way to um, you know make that new good habit and actually reach your goals yeah and several of us at our office just joined this gym across the street and you literally (laughs) have to walk by it to go to the metro so we're like okay there is no excuse we are right here anyway we have to walk by it it's 20 minutes out of your day if you just want to go run for a little bit Um, and so was that a part of your New Year's resolution or do you make New Year's resolutions? I, I'm kind of with Steve about how he says New Year's resolutions are a sexy way of setting a goal. And I feel like if you want to set a goal, you can set it any time during the year and yeah. achieve it. But there is something to be said about, and I think it's a cultural thing. With a new year, we put such an emphasis mm-hmm. on this new beginning, this new start, and a new new me. I know on social media right now, a big trending hashtag is New Year Say Me. And so people will post photos of themselves like, I'm already doing these awesome things, which I think helps too, with people being like, okay, they stuck to their resolution last year, so I can stick to it this year. Yeah, I love that motivator right there. Yeah, but um, also, I know there's, um, I was reading about this website, it's a 21-day project that says that if you stick to a habit for 21 days, it's actually harder to stop the habit than to start, or than to keep going with it. And I want to get your take, Steve, is that true? Is that just kind of something that people wish was true? (laughs) <laughs> well, and, and there's a lot of different um, numbers that are kind of thrown out there as far as how long it, it takes to really establish a, a habit. But I think the 20 day, the 21 day is a good heuristic because it, it really speaks to, again, if I do something with 21 days, I'm building that highway. And mm-hmm. once that highway gets built, it just becomes a much more efficient process. Like I'm sure Meg's nine, almost 10 years into her blog. I guarantee when she was nine, 10 days in, it was probably a clunkier process, but now she's on like <laughs> autopilot and it's not like every, every New Year's she's like, all right, I got to make sure I do my blog. No, blog is happening. Blog is automatic. Blog is probably as automatic as brushing teeth. But in those first 21 days, reminding ourselves, if I could just stay at this, build my highway, I'm going to chop down some trees, I'm going to throw down some asphalt, and eventually I'm going to get there. Um, absolutely. Because it's, it's operating at the mechanical, neurobiological level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Focus on building our highways. We can do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to go ahead and I want to stop us real quick. I hate to, to take our break right now, but um, we are going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit with Meg about you have a great opportunity for folks to to help shape 
shape their New Year's resolutions in the coming uh, 2017 with an online course. So I just want to give us a quick break. Uh, You are listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. We're entering our last segment of the show, but I hope everyone has been very inspired by um, Meg and by Dr. Steve Grafe today talking about how we can stick to our New Year's resolutions. Um, And we're going to talk to Meg right now a little bit about her opportunity for people who kind of want to kickstart their 2017 New Year's resolutions or um, if they have specific goals they want to work on for 2017 with her online course that she launched. Meg, do you want to tell us a little bit about how people can have their ideal year? Yes, I would love to. Um, I... My online course kind of came from a place, it's called Your Ideal Year, but the good news is you can start at any time, just like you said. It doesn't matter when you start it. It's just the New Year's is always a great time to, you know, start new things. Um, And when I moved to D.C. about six years ago and decided I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I didn't really have a great plan in place. My blog was doing great, but that was kind of pre-monetization. So I was just figuring out what the heck I was going to do with my life. Um, and my husband, you know, he had his stuff all figured out. So I was like, <laughs> ah, you know, and the blog world was very new back then. And, and we were all just, it was like the wild, wild west. You know, you, you have to figure out how you're going to monetize and that sort of thing. And, and even just working for myself was a very big challenge. Like I thought it was really weird to like set meetings with myself to discuss things with myself, you know, <laughs> um, like at 11 tomorrow, I'm going to think about, you know, my plans for this year. I just thought it was so strange. So Um, you know, that first year of entrepreneurism was very hard. And I learned a lot. I kind of did a deep dive into uh, organization and productivity and goal setting and, you know, self-help books galore. I've read so many books on all that kind of stuff. And over the past six years, as I, you know, kind of create my own job, I've done lots of trial and error about how to plan things out, how to, you know, plan my editorial calendar, my business. Mm-hmm. You know, my blog is a big part of my business, but I also have clients and I produce photo shoots and I am a painter. So I, I do a lot of different stuff. And so organizing it all and making sure it's all moving um, <clears throat> was something that was kind of hard for me to to figure out. And I'm there's this kind of like new word out there called multi-passionate. And I'm definitely one of those multi-passionate people. I always kind of envied people who were like, I want to be a veterinarian. And they like just did that. Um, I was like, <laughs> I want to do like 17 creative things when I grow up. And so it was very confusing. And I once I left my job and decided to become an entrepreneur, I was kind of like, ah, I was just throwing things at the wall to see what stuck. So I, you know, out of the six years of my experience as an entrepreneur and a blogger and, you know, just a hustler, really, I, you know, in the business sense, um, (laughs) I was, you know, just figuring, you know, trying things and just to see what worked for me. And um, 
when I kind of developed this system that I found really works well for me, it's it's something that's very flexible because I do a lot of different things. So I decided to create it, um, to make it into an online course to share it with everyone. And the course is something that, you know, if you just really it's for anyone who kind of just feels like they have a hard time reaching their goals or maybe they just don't know what their goals are. Mm -hmm. Maybe they they have some ideas, but they can't really specify. They can't make it into something that's actionable. Maybe they just have too many things to focus on. They have a hard time figuring out which one to focus on. Um, and, And really it's for anyone who just kind of like you ever feel like you're living a different life in your head, but not it's not your real life? Yeah. You know, it's this other <laughs> life that you're living. Um, it's for people who are like, I know there's more out there for me. My course is going to pull that out of you. I'm, I will help you figure out what it is you really want. Then I'll help you focus on which ones are the most important. Ac- focus on accomplishing them um, within a year or however long it takes you. I help you plan it all out. I give you these tools that really um you can take into it you don't have to be an entrepreneur or blogger it doesn't matter you can be in any sort of job um and you can take these tools and use them forever so they're mm-hmm. very flexible to anyone um and i focus on like setting goals and kind of thinking about your life in six different categories and um you can really fit anything into those different categories so when i set my personal kind of goals or resolutions for the year i kind of have like a master list of what i want out of my life in all those six areas but then i'm like what can i accomplish in this year Mm -hmm. and this year it does not have to be 2017 i just look at this year as the next 12 months Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking 12 oh. months ahead. And so that's kind of the key to my little method of planning and goal setting is I'm always looking 12 years ahead and breaking all my goals up into where in the next 12 months, not 12 years, 12 months, um, <laughs> where where can I get them done and fit them in? And I do think, like Steve said, it's very important to focus really, you know, really focus on certain things at a time. You can't do everything at the same time. So, um, yeah, so that's that's the course. And actually, um, today's the last day you can enroll in it. Um, it's at youridealyear.com. Um, there's, you know, tons more information on the website. And there's a bunch of um, uh, people who've taken it. They've given me, you know, their thoughts. And you can read what they think about the course. So you don't have to just take it from me. Um, <laughs> but that's where you can find more information about the course. And I was reading on your website for the course, and um, one struck me, this lady is an artist on the side, and she has her day job, and kind of like living this double life, and she said she really wanted to get more, make her art more of a business, and more of her full-time job. And so she was like, through this course, I was able to transform that, and now I'm focused more on art as my job. And I mean, you can tell just from listening to Meg talk, she's really passionate about what she does, and it's not begrudgingly, oh, I have to plan my editorial calendar. It's like, how am I going to get all this stuff that I really want to do in in the next 12 months? Yeah, it's 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 really invigorating and exciting. And um, everyone who I've talked to has taken it after they, they've, you know, kind of finished planning it all out and figuring out their self, they figure themselves out and then they plan out how they're going to accomplish it. It's it's very exciting once you get to that point because then then all that's left is the action. Mm-hmm. Um, so you the hard part's figuring out what you really want sometimes. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. The planning is totally uh, critical, and it always amazes me how frustrating people can can get with themselves when they kind of fall off that path. And we don't do that in other aspects of our life. Like if we're going on a vacation and we're following this turn by turn and we make a wrong turn, 
and we don't just give up on the vacation, right? It's like, oh, well, the hell with that. No more Cancun. <laughs> no, you, just, you, get, you get back and you do what it is that you want to do. And what I love about the online course aspect, too, is it holds people accountable um, right. to, to deliberately sit down for two hours and go through that yourself. That's tough. Yeah. And so having a coach that can kind of coach you through that, through a multimedia type of um, arrangement is is totally totally huge. And it kind of going back to that arranging your environment as well, using tools, strategies, courses to help out with that. And I think another huge way of, 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 of a goal accomplishment is putting your money where your mouth is, right? So if you want to get more physically fit, then signing up for a half marathon uh, putting $150 down to run a half marathon six months later, it, it's going to increase the likelihood that you that you get off the couch and and start pursuing that. So I think putting your money where your mouth is, signing up for a course, those types of things increase that accountability, and that increased accountability is going to make it more likely that you crush it. Absolutely. I have to pay someone a lot of money and then expect me to be at a class and then they have to tell me what to do <laughs> for mm-hmm. me to ever work out. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I know that's what I know that's what I have to do to work out. So so that's how I go about it. <laughs> right. And then you you're locked in the room, you stay there the whole time. Yeah, right. It's not like, well, that was fun and five minutes later <laughs> you're done. Mm-hmm. But um and so we're kind of getting toward the end of our show here, but um Steve, we're wondering, you work with athletes a lot um, for your 2017 New Year's resolutions. Are they sports related, career related? Why don't you give us a couple examples of your resolutions you've set for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And I love the the six areas that Meg uh, makes reference to. Um, I, I kind of break it down into mind, body, and spirit, with mind being some intellectual aspect. A lot of times um, my Uh, My business or self-growth as a psychologist will fall under the mind piece. Body makes sense. That's, uh, you know, eating healthier, some type of physical endeavor. And then spirit is just something that kind of makes my brain dance from like a creative standpoint or whatever. So for my mind, it's continuing with my with my blog and then creating uh, three separate webinars um, this year. Uh, so that's you know, pretty specific as far as that's concerned. And then with body, I actually signed up. I turned 35 uh, November 4th, and I signed up for a 35-mile ultramarathon whoa, in, whoa. in Santa, Santa Barbara, California. Wow. So uh, I figured, oh, it's symbolic. I'm turning 35. But my, when I'm in cardiac arrest, I don't think my heart will turn <laughs> symbolic. <laughs> so, so nevertheless, though, right, um, speaking of highways, right, road to hell was paved with good intentions. So that's, that's March 25th. So, um, and then finally, with the with the spirit, I actually signed up for improv classes as well. Oh, so it's an, oh, it's no. eight weeks. I've always wanted to do that. I, I would totally recommend that for anyone, not only like personally to kind of get out of your own comfort zone, mm-hmm. but professionally to be able to just kind of learn how to follow and kind of take other people's lead and to create, right? And to just create out of out of nowhere something potentially very very magical. And what I like about kind of that eight that eight week improv class is you sign up for it, you do it. And then you you move on to the next goal. So I certainly like kind of looking at it from that long term, the 12 months. What am I going to do this year? But some of our goals, you know, if you want to learn salsa dance or take salsa dance, sign up for a four-week class of salsa dance. See if you like it. And if you don't, check. You did your salsa dance. Yeah, you never have to do it again. (laughs) Exactly. Then move on to cooking or whatever, flamenco guitar, whatever kind of makes you brain dance. 
So I think um, the 12 months can provide that really nice kind of big-term structure. Hell, even five, 10 years can do that as well. But also breaking it down, you could set and accomplish a goal in four weeks. Yeah. Steve, so we can help you out with your with your first goal. Where can we find your blog at? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's at Mindurance, um, and that is M-I-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E. So a little hybrid there of mind and endurance if you're following along at home. And that's www.mindurance.org is the website. But then on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, um, all of those are simply at Mindurance. Check it out. I have a daily blog. Just my my musings of life, trying to find everyday excellence and positivity, and then uh, the website is where you can get more information if you ever want to work one on one coaching or counseling, um, anything along those lines. But it's super awesome to be able to chat with uh, like minded individuals on a show like this. And Meg, you're certainly crushing it, and that doesn't happen overnight, right? I mean, <laughs> ten this, years that actually. requires you to learn. <laughs> yeah, right? you learn, and it's going to be in that course. You learn to how how can I figure this out? Because when the that inner dreamer, that inner multi-passioner, there's a lot that's mm-hmm. going on in there. So how do we sift through that, sift through some of the dirt or sift through all of the gold to find the best piece of gold for right now? Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's going to be that forever, but how do you figure all that out? And that's what resolutions is and setting goals is really all about. It's one foot in front of the other. The land of, a, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And when we get off path, we just contact Siri and she brings us back. A hundred percent agree with you, Steve. And, um, you know, as you go into this is your 10th year. Yeah, this is uh, in November. It'll be 10. So what are what are your we got two minutes left. Can you sure. give us what are your resolutions? Yeah, well, so my six year? areas are personal health, relationships, spaces, financial and work. So I get a little bit more specific um, just for my own crazy brain. But um, <laughs> just I'll just give you a, a very few of them. Um, my personal goals are I I really want to be more thoughtful. I feel like ever since I moved to DC, I've like haven't been as thoughtful with all my friends and family away and and that's something I really want to do. Um also in in kind of the health category, I um last year I focused a lot on working out. This year I want to focus I'm still going to do that, but I I want to focus a little bit more on food and um maybe not drinking as much wine and maybe kind of like <laughs> I'm really interested kind of in the science behind like blood types and and you know I'm, I'm skeptical about supplements, but like herbs and I don't know, I want to kind of learn all the things I need to know about that sort of thing. But one of my main kind of more interesting, less common goals is um, just to paint more and go to more galleries and museums. Art is a big part of my life and I, I just need to do a better job of kind of forcing it in. Um, I tend to do um, my work, my business, my blog, um, content creation and kind of stuff first. And mm-hmm. art has always kind of come second. And so I'm trying to kind of um, flip the roles a little bit and sneak a little bit more painting time and gallery time and museum time. And we have so much awesome, you know, galleries and and museums here in D.C. And I just want to take advantage of everything that we have to offer and every time I travel and, um, you know, kind of do more creation this year. And if you want to follow um, along with Meg's adventures, she was recently at the Renwick Gallery. If you follow her on Instagram and her Instagram account is... It's at Meg Byram, M-E-G-B-I-R-A-M. And every everywhere I am, it's just Meg Byram, megbyram.com and all my social. 
Well, thank you guys so much. This has been a fantastic conversation, and we hope our audience has uh, gotten some great and helpful tips to uh, help them with their New Year's resolutions. We appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen to us today. Thanks for joining Fed Talk. It's brought to you by the Federal Employment Law Firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. Have a great weekend, everybody. 